0: Before we get started in this week's episode, I want to remind you to head over to youtube.com slash egofitness or just type in Robert Ego Anthony on his search bar and hit subscribe. I give you a new independent wrestling style vlog every single Monday. And while you're here, hit subscribe on the podcast, Potting with Ego. It helps boost numbers and gets the pod out to a lot of people that might not know it's there. Finally, the sponsor of the With Ego series, it is Good Note Clothing. There's goodnote.co, all one word, over on Instagram. Go to them for all of your custom tie-dye clothing needs, from hoodies, shirts, shorts, long comfy pants, everything you need when you're traveling on the road or just cuddling up with your loved one on the couch. Myself, Joe, Chico, and a lot of AEW athletes all rock goodnote clothing as well as you should. And use code EGO to save yourself 15%. Now, let's get into the pod.
1: Need a ice pack. Been going through growing pains. My demons, they fight back. But I'm in the center ring. Bull with the punches and taking measures. Learning through love and my endeavors.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Anthony. You can just go fantastico in some circles. Here with the man my wife calls the Barbara Walters of Professional Wrestling. And she made hey, wait, sure that. Time, your,
1: out, time your, out, time out, time out, time out. Say all those nice things anything. again. I I my alarm. My alarm just went off for the reminder to do this conversation.
0: And he's set a damn alarm during our conversation. And my wife said, oh shit, we're, still going. Okay. we're still going with it. We're going to roll with this. Uh, she made sure, she said, when you talk to Hausman, make sure I tell you tell him that I said that he's the Barbara Walters of, of independent professional wrestling and professional wrestling. We're here with Nick Hausman. Nick Hausman, how are you doing, sir?
1: i'm good uh i i i do I have to hold you accountable then today? do I have to ask you hard questions rob i mean i I was just in, i was in i was anticipating a fun conversation with my friend, but now I feel like i gotta maybe i gotta push you a little bit now
0: no, we're gonna be fine everything's gonna be great uh w- what I like to do on the podcast is before we get into the the crazier things um sure. my first memory of you and how we met was. Again, it could be foggy, but you were introduced to me through Cabana and your primary goal in professional wrestling was to be a manager and you started doing this amazing, because you came from the improv world, so you could talk, you had something that not many people had when they first come in, in professional wrestling or in indie wrestling, is you had this confidence, this presence, this already skill of commanding a crowd. So when you came in as, uh, I forgot, was it Nick Piven? What was, what was your wrestling uh, manager name? I can't remember what it was.
1: Everybody remembers Piven. My name was Ronaldo Piven. Piven.
0: Ronaldo Piven, that's correct. And you came in as this manager, and you you were killing it. Was that your goal when you first came in? It was like, hey, I want to do this Andy Kaufman manager thing in professional wrestling. What was your, what was your goal when I first met you?
1: Um, I didn't really... I mean, everything in professional wrestling for me was more than I expected. I should have never been in this business. Like, especially considering what I know now about this business. Like, what happened with me, Rob, was really kind of one in a million. You know, a lot of people... They they work they they're either like wanting their whole lives to be a pro wrestler and they find themselves in a good spot or or whatever. But I was very much in the comedy scene and Cabana came to me one day after I had been teaching him how to do improv and said, "I'm booking this show at the Bottom Lounge. Um, they they can let they'll let me do whatever I want. You've been great to me. You you've taught me how to do all this improv and introduced me to these people. Do you want to do anything in in wrestling?" And I had done. Uh, a couple spots at the Unified Wrestling Conglomerations at the Truck Yard in Chicago. Before that, as for a friend, had not really ever like been given a chance to like, you know, decide what I wanted to do. And so when Cabana said, "I can do whatever I want," what do you want to do? I told him, "I want to be like Andy Kaufman. I want to be a bad guy. I want to go talk trash, you know, and and cause trouble." So he booked me at the bottom lounge. Do you know this story with Steve Stone or no?
0: No, I didn't. I knew nothing about this.
1: Okay. You know Steve Stone, obviously, right?
0: I know Steve Stone very well. And there's people listening to this podcast that just turned up their headphones and they're like, oh, Steve Stone story? Let me hear it.
1: Okay. All right. So, so, and I have here, can I show the poster for this? Can I show the poster for this event?
0: As as you get ready to start, as you get ready to start showing the poster, uh, let me explain who Steve Stone is to the people that may may not know that listen to this. Steve Stone is a old school Chicago wrestling independent. Uh, veteran, right? If you want to call that, started wrestling in the very early 2000s, maybe even 98, 99. As Hausman uh, is getting ready to show us his poster, and he was one of these guys that never left the Midwest wrestling scene. Is that the poster right there? Yes, it is. My microphone my
1: my is it. very far away. I'm going to show the Rock and Russ. Okay. But yes, I think Stone's name is on this poster. Anyway, keep going. I'm going to, I'm going to
0: show. So, him. so Steve Stone, Steve Stone. A lot of people from different areas of the world have a Steve Stone in their town. He was uh, a local stable. All the local wrestling fans knew him, but they, he never got out of the that area, right? And then eventually, those guys find real jobs, have families, and fade away. So uh, st- that's the setting the stage for who Steve Stone is. So tell me this story now.
1: Okay, 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 okay. So I get to the bottom lounge, and yes, I wear a suit for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if Cabana told me to wear a suit, or no, no, no. No, no, no. I wore a suit because they told me my role was I was going to be working with this guy called uh, the Sheik. Which Sheik was it? Uh, he was Was it NWA Sheik? Ala Hussein.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was NWA champion. From, from, uh, he's from California.
1: Okay. okay, yeah. I All I remember is his hands were like sandpaper. And <laughs> so <laughs> Allah, Allah Hussein um he was a really nice guy and he was like the like the middle eastern like at this point you got to remember i had not yet met mustafa ali who i would later go on to rep and worked with other genuine uh middle eastern wrestlers who like had a respect for like you know how they were presented whatever however so whatever i walk in and cabana explains to me this guy's going to say something um, really short in uh, Arabic. And then you're going to translate it into something really long. And then he's going to say <laughs> something really long in Arabic. And you're going to translate it into something very short like, so tonight we're going to win. You know, whatever it was, right? Sure, like a, sure. a funny translation bit. I was like, okay. So I wore this suit and I showed up. Then I get in the, and, and this might, like, I, again, I had done stuff, but i would never really been a part of the show, right? This is my first time being a part of an indie wrestling show. So I go in the back and it was Allah Hussein versus Steve Stone versus, I forget who, was, some fucking punk rock kid. Uh, it was Devin Maximus, according to the signs. <laughs> Devin Maximus. Never heard any of those Devin names. Max- yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so Steve's, I guess, agent this match. Okay. So it's Steve, Allah, yes. me, and Devin Maximus, a name I haven't thought of in a ever since this show. No offense to Devin.
0: I never shout out Devin Maximus. I've never heard of you.
1: To be I think Devin won this match, honestly. I really I think that he was oh. the young kid. I think he was the young kid they were trying to put over with a win over Steve and, and Allah. Okay. So Steve says Hey, you're the manager. If there's ever any chance to kind of like hit me or slap me or choke me or whatever to get some heat, go ahead and do it. And I'm oh, like, no, like no. okay. Okay. All right. That's fine. So we get to the match, right? And I come out. I do the bit that Cabana told me to do. The translation thing seems to get over Does fine. Get Every, everybody's Good. like, okay, okay. Yeah, he's a heel manager. Okay, whatever. Then we get to the match, and I'm just trying to stay out of the way, like I was told, like, just don't get in hurt, right? We're going, And then they start brawling through the crowd. And at one point, Steve uh, is beating up uh, this, this kid, Devin, and Allah's like, kind of over there in the, in the whatever wings. And Steve's like, hey, I want to work with your guy to beat this guy up. Can you translate to him how we can work together? And I said, my guy doesn't want to fucking work with you. He doesn't want to fucking work with you. He doesn't work with you. And Steve, <laughs> Steve looked at me. Steve looks at me and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" And I was like, "No, my guy doesn't want to work with you." Because I had no concept of like psychology or like what was going. On. I was like, "My sure. guy's fucking. My well, fucking." I'm sitting here arguing with Steve back and forth, and Allah's over here. Devin Max was there. And me and Steve are like going at it, and. He had told me to slap him or hit him if I thought it would get heat. And I knew how to throw a stage slap, which is where you paste somebody with your fingertips across the face. It looks worse than it is, but it doesn't hurt. And I'd done it a lot. So I pasted him. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Okay. Right across the face, right? Like in a theater slap. Like I was like, oh, sure really professionally done. This motherfucker, and I can curse on this show, right? Oh yeah. Okay, great. This motherfucker looks at me. What the fuck did you just do, man? And he's <laughs> like, get the fuck out of the way. He grabs me, not like in a mean way, throws me, but pushes me out of the way, and I knew I had fucked up. I knew I had fucked up oh, so no. bad. knew i had fucked up so bad rob and i i wind up uh uh getting pushed out of the way the match continues this i think i'm I'm fairly confident Devin maximus was booked to win this match and i get to the back afterwards and i get i get brought into this room with steve and i'm like this motherfucker might beat the shit out of me because cabana told me i had fucked up i remember cabana telling me that i fucked up before i had been put in the room with with steve he's like dude what the fuck did you do steve's kind of pissed you fucking did you slap him or some shit? Like I remember, I remember Santa, like,
0: <laughs> having a conversation
1: with me. Like the fuck did you do, Nick? You just slapped this did motherfucker. You slap him? Yeah, and he's way bigger, and he's a biker, and he will might, you know, what he might kill you, right? You know, whatever it was. And so I get in the room with Steve, and Steve's like, "The fuck, man! The fuck was that, man? You fucking he- slapped me, man!" And I was like. I thought I was doing the right thing. You told me to get heat. And he's like, dude, I almost beat the shit out of you out there. I almost just fucking stopped everything. But I realized when you cut that promo after me and we were going back and forth after you slapped me, this guy's getting some heat. You're pretty fucking good. Do you want to start working as a manager? (laughs) And this slap. Oh, wow. That's Steve. And then Steve introduced me to Scarp. And that's how I wound up at Blitz. Because of that. Wow.
0: That's, I did not that's, know that.
1: That is how I was interested. And Steve and, and and I went to Cabana, and I said, "Hey, this guy Steve didn't beat the shit. I mean, he offered me a job, uh, working at this company called Blitz. Should I take it?" And Cabana, you know, he's like, yeah. "Oh, they're not the biggest company or whatever the fuck. They're a good place for you to get going or whatever if you if you want to do it." And sure. it required me taking a like two hour, three hour train ride because I didn't have any money, going back and forth with Juliet to do it. But but that bottom lounge show is what got me booked for Blitz, which is how we met.
0: So so you did you you did the Indies for only a couple of years, and then and then you kind of stopped. Where did you find that transition? Because not only people a few people in the Midwest know about that run that you had of this manager that I I thought was great. At what point did you say to yourself, "All right, this isn't for me," but now I'm going to go into the wrestling journalism side. Cause to me it was it was quick. It was night and day. And I was like, holy shit, like he now he's doing this? Like what happened?
1: I I I was at um Proving Ground Pro Wrestling in Indiana. Okay. And they were taking really good care of me. I, I want to say really nice things about yeah. the Proving Ground guys. They had me managing Mustafa Ali. And sure. we were working with Elgin and a couple other people. <laughs> and i remember everybody saying how good it was i was like dude. i was like yeah dude you but it was like we were playing for like 100 people and again no offense to proving around great company right, right. like 100 people i was traveling i was dude and at this point like you know the you're, you're out there every day it's different for wrestlers than it is managers and especially a decade ago like it's different okay. now like you we get to the whole frank the clown stuff later but we are. there's a reason, there's a reason frank, frank did better than me <laughs> And I think okay. it was a lot to do with. I think it was a lot to do with timing. You know, the yeah. man, the scene for managers was not the same for me.
0: Yeah, this was 2010, 2009 era, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was oh eight oh. I mean, it may have been a little bit earlier than that, but yeah, basically, it was it was late two thousands, early two thousand tens. It was just a, there was no opportunity for managers. There just wasn't. No. Nobody was. Nobody was making any money. There was no Stokely Hathaway. There was no Paul Heyman on his killer run. There was nothing. There was fucking nothing. And yep. so I said right. to myself, dude, if you want to do this, you want to be in the business of professional wrestling and you want to talk, which is what you think you're good at, and be around yep. people. Um, You know, I was listening to John Pollock over who now runs Post Wrestling. I had some other friends that were in that space. And I said to myself, None of these people have spent a day in a locker room. None of these people have spent a day putting together a match. None of these people have spent a day slapping Steve Stone in the face. Why the fuck <laughs> are they making the money covering pro wrestling when you're in pro wrestling and know how to yep. talk to pro wrestlers? How do you flip that? You know, and and that's when I turned uh, right around 2930. That's when I made that decision to just move this way. And it was solely financial. That was it. And it was about a decade sure. ago.
0: I I often think the same thing because you hear guys like Pritchard and uh, Jarrett and Bischoff, they all talk shit about Meltzer. And, and they're always saying uh, he never spends a time booking, wrestling, training. He's just a guy that has an opinion about pro wrestling and thinks he knows what happens in the back, right? He has no credibility with a lot of those old school guys. So for me, I always wondered – when would a professional wrestler, a manager, a notable booker take that role? And it makes sense, you know what I mean? Because we know a lot of the ins and outs. Maybe it's because, like, some people are still protective. They don't want to let the secrets out or or offend their friends, you know what I mean? Because Meltzer, he could do that and not offend friends. Did you Did that ever come across your mind? Like, oh, man, I'm going to piss off this guy uh that cuz he was my friend if i if i say he has a bad whatever or or air out his dirty laundry if it happens in the back
1: rap my life has become a balancing act i mean you you know you you know i know more than most in the in this space and i would sure. say i can only i can really only re- report on a percentage of it you know I, yeah. you know anytime that i put something out I have to make sure that my source is okay with me putting it yep. out and that, that it, it, whether it's on the record, off the record, anonymously on background, like I have to be really, really careful now. And one of the reasons that I feel like, you know, my reporting if you watch, you know, the reporting I've done has been so accurate is because yes. I don't, I don't like to use, sources or individuals as sources that aren't directly uh or very closely attached to situations. Um and if I can't and if I can't do it that way, more often than not, I'll get firsthand correspondence. I'll get somebody to just talk to me on the record. And then there's no need for background stuff. You know? So anyway. So so what was your before we get into that? I'm scared all the time. Yes. Bottom line.
0: Yeah. Before we get into that, because we're going to talk about that, what was your so what was your game plan? What was your in? What was your first gig where you said, who'd you reach out to? How'd you get into that? How'd you make that transition?
1: I, I was uh, reading WrestleZone all the time, and uh, I noticed that they yep. had kind of started doing post-show podcasts and uh, just decided this is the outlet that I know. Um, I started emailing. Ah, uh, Nick Paglino, uh, who was running the show at WrestleZone at the time, kind of quasi obsessively, and uh, eventually yep. got a phone call. Eventually got a tryout on a post show podcast, and he, uh, after a few weeks, because I was like, "Dude, I got to make more money. I can't just, I can't just do this," you know. For, he's like, "The only way you can make more money is if you write. Can you write?" And I was like, "Yeah, I used to write for my 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 college paper." I'm I'm a writer, and so that's when he turned me on to writing um, news and starting to learn how to aggregate news, and that's all Nick Paglino. And and by the way, Pags and I, for anybody who's listening, we've reconnected. Oh, sorry, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear
1: you now. Okay, yeah. Um, Pags and I have reconnected, and Pags and I are like, like we're we're good. Like I'm 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 very thankful to Pags. But he taught me how to yep. aggregate. He taught me how to write pro wrestling news. And that's when I started uh, finding out what it was really like to be in the space where it was writing news during the day, aggregating news during the day, and then by night doing podcasts and creating video work.
0: So with all that, once you once you start getting rolling and rocking and rolling with Russell Zone, was your breakout thing the lawsuit with CM Punk or was there something before that?
1: Uh, I mean, well, before he had done the Punk... Cabana, th- I mean, I had done Bret Hart's podcast. We'd done the Sharpshooter show together. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm I think that the Bischoff podcast had either was happening or had happened. So like people knew me from podcast stuff. Um, but the but the cabana punk trial certainly was like a big statement for me. And one of the only reasons I did that was um I was down at Galway Bay shooting pool, which I was doing. Just before we talked today, yes, and this is true I, I got a call I got a call from our good friend Frank the clown, who was like, "Hey, dude, this lawsuit's going on downtown and nobody's covering it. you should be there and uh I missed Frank it. told I, you
0: to do this I, Frank told you to do this
1: Frank was responsible wow. for the coverage wow. Frank was responsible yeah, isn't that wild? and it was
0: that is why I didn't know that
1: well but that's a, you know what it's a credit to being nice and good to people you know like sure frank you know frank i've always been i like frank frank's always been good to me obviously frank and i have a lot of history but he was the one who hit me up and i was like "Ah, oh, fuck and i was pretty drunk honestly when he hit me up i should have fairly hung <laughs> over for, i should have fairly oh, hung over no. the, for the uh and it was really it was if i'm being really real because like I missed the opening statements the first day, but I was there the second day, and I had to go online kind of drunkenly and figure out like what happens if you walk into a, a Cook County courthouse and say I'm here as media to cover an event. Like th- I didn't yeah. had what happens? Do you need pre approval? So I read online you just have to show up, and then you literally have to physically talk to the judge to clear you, and then set the ground rules for how you are to cover a trial. I learned this all on the fly. So I showed up, I went through the metal detector. I go up to the the floor. I meet with, I think it was the judge and her team. And they're like, all right, no electronics. You can't record anything. It's all just notebooks. If you guys want to take notes as the trial is going on, and this is for hours. And so I'm taking hours worth of physical notes in this room. And then I'd have to go out and type them up in the hallway in between sessions. And at the same time, like, it's all very tight. It's it, not many people in the room. It was a, it was a surreal experience. Um, But yeah, all that coverage got picked up. Ross Berman is a big yep. thanks for that. He helped me out a lot with that one. But that was certainly something that that definitely helped put me on the map for sure. For sure.
0: When when you did that, because me and you were, were friendly with Cabana, I'm I'm still friendly with Cabana. But he I wasn't friendly
1: of... with Cabana at that point. At that point, I was not you friendly were... with Cabana.
0: You guys was... broke up.
1: We had, we had, we had had a, I mean, it it was like he friend broke up with me, but yeah, we weren't close. Sure. Yeah.
0: So, so uh, yeah. So my question would have been, was going to be, were you nervous to talk to Cabana? Did you think he was going to tell you to go fuck off or, or, um, or or just not speak to you? You know what I mean? I would have had butterflies if I'm like, man, me and Cabana were friends. Now I'm going to ask him these crazy questions while he's getting sued like cuz he was he talked to you and that shocked me when i saw it i was like oh he was cool about this both of them did i'm surprised you got that were you surprised
1: yes and no um cabana is a political creature interesting he knows how to present himself well in every yeah. circumstance publicly publicly okay i didn't worry about it because i knew it was public he wasn't going to try anything with me publicly he'll fuck with me privately he'll go talk shit about me to other people <laughs> and and spread little sure. fucking lies and bullshit because that's who the fuck he is but he won't publicly do anything no of course he did the interview with me that's how he works he's a public yeah. operator he wanted to try to he wanted to try to manipulate that environment to be positive for him and he can't be negative with me he can't show that side of himself Rob come on now you know you know Scott so I was not yeah. worried about Scott yeah. I know how to play Scott yeah so I knew he'd do it.
0: Were you worried about Punk? He played ball too, man.
1: Well, but Punk is not as. Punk wears his hearts on us. He, he, if he. You know, back in the day, a pro wrestler, if they shot on you, they went too far, yeah. they apologize and you'd, you'd, you'd clean it up. If they shot too hard and they didn't like you, they would, they would just not fucking apologize about it, right? That sure. art is lost. <laughs> that is a lost art. And I don't, I don't worry about. I didn't, I, I was worried that Punk might be abrasive or whatever, but I didn't worry about the relationship with punk because like, if you're straightforward and I disagree with you and you're willing to have a conversation, that's something I can deal with. Right. If you want to fake me and pretend like you're straightforward, but secretly go talk trash about me behind your back, that's harder to deal with. Um, And so, you know, I, I, I didn't worry about, I didn't worry about Cabana or Scott publicly privately maybe publicly i worried about punk but privately i didn't if that makes
0: sense yeah yeah, yeah. no that makes sense because when i saw that and i was like multi-day coverage Hausman's at the courthouse first of my thought was like bro houseman's got balls he's got balls doing this and when they were receptive to it back then i i didn't think about it but now i do of course you know they wanted this spin their public image and and state their case but it was like one of the biggest things that was going on at that time because uh, it was two guys friendship breaking up and they're, now they're suing each other for hundreds of thousands of dollars it was wild after that did you get notoriety in your space with the meltzers with the with with I don't even know if Ross Sapp was out back then, but those guys, did you get the thumbs up or were you, they still like, Oh, who's this kid?
1: Well, can I, can I click, can I say something real fast? I think that in the moment, the reason that Scott and, and, and punk were uh, rallying around Nick Hausman was they wanted that trial to get attention and from, from, from what I've gleaned. And this is not yeah. directly from them. This parties involved, but whatever there, I I, I think that there was uh and, and maybe Frank, I don't know if Frank was like some kind of sleeper agent or whatever, but, they wanted 51. attention on this. They wanted some, they wanted attention on this trial. They wanted people talking about it. And when nobody was there the first day, nobody was talking about it. All of a sudden, I'm there the second day and everybody's talking about it. Yeah. And now everybody's picking sides. You have big bad WWE and their doctor fucking with Chicago made punk and cabana, yep. right? It became yep. a story. I, made it a story and so yes of course well not just me me and Ross made it a story and I have to always give Ross credit um and then of course yeah to this day when I because I always feel like I have to reintroduce myself to Meltzer when I see him in scrums and now he's like no Nick I know who you are and it's part of my just fucking I'm a little schismy or whatever you know tismy or whatever but like uh he 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 always says to me now that he knows who I am and when he's like, Nick, I know you we cover we we used your coverage of the Cabana trial. He said that to me many times. Um, yeah, so it was definitely uh, uh, something that helped me get in with with more legitimate outlets. absolutely.
0: yeah, like I would think, you know what I mean come me coming from the wrestler side of it they would uh they would bury you the the other the writers and things like that because like that's what wrestlers would do but they they you guys all use the same sources and feed off each other in the same stories it's just who gets there first right who got there first who who got the scoop first i feel
1: yeah but it's got to be it's got it it, this isn't about who got the first scoop because i'm in the room right the last day i think there were one or two other outlets it's not like I'm using an anonymous source and saying, you know, WWE no, officials. But no, 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 no. this is this is firsthand correspondence. And in the long run, I think that's what really helped me establish in the space is that I'm there. I'm on site. I talk to people. A lot of my exclusive reporting is not on background or from source. It's it's people on the record telling me directly about things. I think that's that's been something I've become more known for than than other journalists.
0: You know what I want to ask you? and I never really thought about this until now, how big is our space? What's the audience that's looking for this type of information when it comes to pro wrestling? Because like when you talk about TMZ and what they're reporting on, it's essentially what Meltzer yourself are doing is reporting on the news of professional wrestling. But I never really stopped and thought about it. Like what, how many people are actually interested in hearing about things outside of WWE or inside the WWE locker room? Is it big?
1: So pro wrestling news goes in tiers. There's yeah. kind of like, there's kind of like your day-to-day stuff. Like this match just got announced for raw. Um, you know, uh, this, this person's dealing with something on Instagram. That's like, or maybe they just had a baby or something. Then there's tier two. And, and that, that first tier is a pretty tight knit group of people that I'd say is you know, I'd say 10 million or less in the States, but I have no idea what globally it looks like. You know. Yeah. Um, then you go up to the second tier, which is like uh, uh Brock Lesnar wins the world title. Like you take a major name and you mix it with something meaningful in the space. You know, like yeah. this isn't just like somebody had a baby or there's a new match on on Raw. This is something meaningful happened in pro wrestling. Then maybe up it to uh I mean, in the U S 50, 60 million, maybe. So it's a bigger, but again, I don't know globally, right? Sure. What It is. Um, but then you go beyond that where it's something like Vince McMahon, you know, settled a a rape, uh, accusation lawsuit with Rita Charlton, former WWE referee, that gets picked up right by variety and wall street journal. And now pro wrestling is everywhere. And, you know, I, I, it, it and I hate to say, and it's like that third tier. Where where does pro wrestling become bigger than just the stories or the the people involved? It's usually, unfortunately, these days because of something like Vince or the Saudi deal. Um, it's it's not always it, it's it's more business and controversy oriented, and that's where that's where you kind of start to transcend. So it it it, it kind of goes in 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 those tiers, and anything below tier one, where it's just like, uh, and no dis- discredit to like smaller promotions or whatever. Sure, it's very much you know sand in an hourglass, in my opinion.
0: So so the the biggest news as of today is the needle and XPW. Obviously, you know this.
1: Um, are you talking about that company where they had all the they had Necro Butcher to like, yes. To like the yes. the manga stuff okay all right yeah i, I don't think that's i don't i it sands to ground sands through an hourglass these are the days of our lives when it comes to that stuff
0: yeah it'll be done next week yeah yeah wow man yeah so it's weird cuz you got to pick and choose and you got to really find out what the main audience is going to uh going to latch onto you know what i mean like people obviously make a living now Again, this is a different time. Back then it wasn't that big. It was only Meltzer. But now people are making a really decent living talking about pro wrestling, talking about the drama, talking about their opinions of the matches or the opinions of uh, what they think this person is going to do once they sign to Company X. You know what I mean? So you're on the ground floor of that. And you started building your name with it. You started getting – Big notoriety after the court case, and you started, uh, you know what I mean, having good conversations with other wrestlers and things like that. For me, I recognized that you made it once uh, you went to the WrestleMania that I went to in Dallas and you were media. That's when, for me, I was like, yo, Hausman's made it because now he's officially there with a badge uh, that says WrestleMania media on it. Uh, when did you feel, or if you, even if you don't feel it now, when did you feel like I have arrived, I've made it, I, I'm credible in this space?
1: Uh, truthfully about a month ago.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's easy to, to wear uh, a coat like Zone or Wrestling Inc. And yeah. act like a, act like a big shot, right? Um sure. it's harder to walk out naked. And um yeah, man and and and, um before I even announced House of Wrestling this past Friday, um, I was keeping it really secretive. I was trying to be really, really low key about it. You know, I didn't want anybody. I didn't want anybody talking about how I had left wrestling. I didn't want any conversation about it. I didn't want to be feeling bad about me. I' didn't want anybody asking me what happened. I wanted the next time I said something publicly to be like, Hey, here's what I'm doing. Let's talk about that. Yep. And you knew about it, but, but yep. there were very, very, very few people that knew about it. And as I'm trying to be very quiet about it, I'm like applying to WWE <laughs> and ring of honor. And I'm like, oh, Hey wow. guys, um, I know that, uh, I'm applying for an outlet that like doesn't even exist but I promise it will exist by the time this show starts. And
0: Here, back up, back up, back up, back up. so so you we're going to break the news about all this stuff, and, and we're going to backtrack a couple times because I want to talk about some stuff in the past, but uh, you're, no, you're no longer with wrestling Inc.
1: Right. I left wrestling Inc. Yeah, I've le- I left wrestling I parted ways with wrestling. I don't want to say I left. I, I I parted ways. It wasn't like sure. once I'd left the other. We just it, it was a amicable separation of ways.
0: Time for you to go. It's time for you to go to the new territory, and and when you and I talked, I pushed you and said, "Yo, you're over, man. Do your own fucking thing," and, and and hopefully that gave you the spark of it. And now you are like you said, you're walking out of the house naked. Now you don't have an umbrella, you don't have a boss, you don't have uh, anyone to report to because now it's yours, right? And, and, and this is the perfect time for you because you had so many moda- notable moments that built that credibility for your brand. And now you have it, right? So I, I identify with that. I, I feel that when you say that. When you say a month ago is when I, when I felt like I arrived because now you built this whole thing on your own, okay? So now what are you going to do with it? What, what is this brand,
1: uh and first of all when when robert ego anthony tells you you're over i think you should listen um you don't say that lightly you've never said that to me you would never said that to me when i was a manager that's for goddamn sure Sure. um so so you know what is it to be over like yeah obviously rob like your 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 opinion holds a lot of weight with me um but you were not the only one who told me to do that um and and yeah, so so now that I do have this, what do I want to do with it? So I want to focus on what people know me best for, right? Which is shooting straight and yep. asking people of importance uh, questions they may not always get, right? Um, which has become what harder do? because I feel like more people recently have picked up on that and are being a little bit more direct with talent, which is which is great. But, yep. you know, people know me from talking to talent. People from know me from being out in the field. Um, and I want to give them more of my voice. Um, one of the things that I have not been doing, um, as a manager is writing the news myself, writing editorials myself. I've been assigning this stuff. I've been, uh, coming up with ideas. I've been letting other people do this stuff and, and, and working a a large board. It is only me right now at the site writing anything. So if it's an editorial, it's something come from the heart. If it's news, it's not always the first to run which is a big thing in the pro wrestling news space, which is like something breaks. You have to be the first person to get it out there, which I understand. Um, I'm going to try to still obviously be timely, but I do want to also take the time to write news pieces that explain why something is important and the details that, that went into it and, and really try to tell these stories a little bit better. So the news, the editorials, and then of course that first person correspondence where you're going to be able to find me having conversations with people like Dax Harwood who was on uh, the website day one, Billy Starks was on the website day one. I'm talking to Teddy long tomorrow, holla, holla playa. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, I mean, first uh, side tangent, love Teddy long, but you know, uh, and then of course being out in the field. And one of the things that, you know, is, is tough with being on the field is it's an expensive endeavor. Right. And you got to travel, you got to get a hotel, you gotta uh, find a way to monetize, and I want everybody out there to know right now that Nick Houseman, House of Wrestling, is not uh, losing but gaining dimes on our trip to WrestleMania uh, because of the great people over at the Premier Streaming Network, uh, Josh Chernoff nice. and that crew, uh, another group of upstarts that I have had a, a, a big affinity for and I believe in a lot, who are making it possible for me to be in Mania. Are be in LA for mania and Supercard, and are going to carry all of my interviews and coverage. And, um, you know, like I said earlier in this interview, being good to people in this, especially in this space where your reputation is everything, when you are left naked and you are wandering around and you're looking for help, it helps a great deal to have, have people like that, that, that want you to succeed and, and you can find common ground and you can make deals happen. So
0: now that, you, now that you're on, now that you're on your own, were was it hard to keep your contacts to be invited to certain things? Like the media scrums of AEW, uh WrestleMania, are you still media for that? Like did you get were you able to keep that? Made,
1: I'm, I'm... That that's why I was trying to say is like that's when I knew I made it. Is when I reached out sure. to WWE and they said, Dude, you're credentialed. Sight nice. We've never heard of House of Wrestling, but you're credentialed. You know, That's when perfect. I reached out to Ring of Honor and I said, hey, I'll be in time for WrestleMania weekend. I, I know you guys have no idea what House of Wrestling is. I'm starting my own thing. I would love to be a part of it. And they said, you're in. And so WWE and Ring of Honor, AEW, reg- even without me be- having a major outlet, a Wrestling ink or zone, they approved me. I will be a part of all media events and press conferences for WWE and uh, ROH in L.A., WrestleMania
0: week. Everyone that's listening to this, you need to really take heart on what Hausman just said, right? He treated people fairly, even though he asks them the hard questions they might not want to know or be asked, right? He treated people fairly. He did his job professional, never told a lie, never, you know what I mean, never buried anyone or anything like that. And now it's paying off, right? All that hard work is paying off. He just said it. They didn't know who House of Wrestling is, but they know Nick. And because of his reputation, now he's able to build this on his own, man. And I really hope you succeed. I hope this works out for you because you have a talent for it. You know what I mean? You you are, like my wife said, the Barbara Walters, man. You, you ask those questions uh, that no one wants to or they're too afraid to ask. Like I saw something on Twitter and somebody – uh, hashtag, the media scrums or whatever. And they're like, and they said, Nick Hausman is asking the questions that we are all thinking. And I was like, fucking of course he is. He's not afraid to do that. You know what I mean? So I'd be hard pressed because we have to talk about it. Holy shit. The media scrum heard round the world. Can we talk about this?
1: I, I well, I know we want to talk about Scrum but before we get to that can yeah. we real talk can we real talk real, real talk about how sure. it, it was you know me Yes I, Tony Khan is not the first person of influence that I have butted heads with in the pro wrestling space right or or punk or anybody else right Okay There have been other players Billy Corgan your boss you yeah. know you know that Billy and I have butted heads in the past. No, I don't.
0: Right? I don't know this story. No,
1: you don't know that Billy. Well, Billy and I. Well, you you worked with Billy and I at Resistance Pro Wrestling. I did. Yeah, Billy and I did not but I don't... always get. Billy and I did not always get along at pro wrestling, uh, at, at Resistance Pro Wrestling. Um, interesting. And I, um, yeah, I know. Oh well, I'm sure you. I'm sure you find that interesting, right?
0: But uh, I didn't know the story. I don't. I don't know the story. Tell me.
1: I don't. I. I, I can only tell parts of it on the air, Rob. And, oh. And I say okay. That, okay. Okay. I. I. I say that <laughs> off-air you,
0: conversation. You, you. You know me.
1: You know me. Sure. And I will be fully trans. But there are people involved with with the with the butting of heads with Billy and I that I, I really respect and love, and I and I just don't feel it. Sure. I sure. I don't sure, think sure. it's appropriate for me to get into the full story. Okay, but I, okay. I've butted heads with I've butted heads with Billy. I I've butted heads uh, with Scarps, who's obviously an interesting character on his own. He's gone. I've you know, yeah. I, I I've I've had to be in the in the mix for pro wrestling stuff with people of, of influence and ask them hard questions. And I, you know, a lot yeah. of people in the pro-wrestling journalism space, like I said earlier, haven't really ever spent time in a locker room and know how to approach that and are scared to do that. And one of the things that I like to do is Talk directly with people. You know, if I hear things about it, yes, I hear about things that I that I that I think are newsworthy. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I forgot where your question was, but I wanted to preface that by saying I had talked to I I have I have I have had to ask people of influence hard questions and butt heads with them, uh, uh quite a bit already in my career before AEW came around. So anyway,
0: absolutely. So, so let's talk about this uh the the night ends punk wins the title are you in the arena watching it
1: uh i was in the arena of course i was in the i was in the press room shortly after the show shortly after after. yes Mm -hmm.
0: so so you're sitting there waiting and when you're waiting there all the news journals are there how are you picked for first question or it just happened you raise your hand and, and Punk looks
1: at you? So this is uh, – uh, uh, Mandy O'Donnell, wonderful yep, AWPR yep. rep, uh, saw me raise my hand. I was front row. I always try to get front row if I can. Uh, oftentimes, other press is very respectful to give me front row, which is nice of them. And because yeah. uh, it, it, – it's weird, Rob. Like press is like a similar thing like the the locker room. But anyway, they, that's what I told they, you. They they, they they gave me the nice seat. I come in, and because again, I've been respectful and nice, and I've been at every AEW press conference ever. Oftentimes, I get the first question. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't surprised, but I was heartened that I got in the first question.
0: Okay, and your first question was going to be
1: what? My first question was going to be. Uh my first question was going to be about how he felt about the return of MJF following what had happened uh between Max and Tony Khan.
0: And holy shit does he go off.
1: Well, I Brothers, never asked him that question.
0: Uh, you didn't get a chance. And He
1: said I don't want to I I'm sorry Nick I'm not going to let you ask your question and then yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And he just went off. And and, and, and he went off knowing your history with Cabana, because you were the perfect person to do it to. Do you know what I'm saying? I was introduced to you through Cabana. You were introduced to Punk through Cabana. So his automatic thought—he doesn't know your guys' backstory. He doesn't know you guys aren't fun or friends anymore. He was I like, he "I'm going to go though. off.
1: I thought he might. I was surprised he didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, you know what I mean? And, it, and and I felt he was ready for you. To have egg on your face, because he asked you that question. You know what I mean? Like, like he was insin— he wanted you to be like, "Yeah, we're buddies." And and I feel, I feel he wanted to make a example out of you. But when he couldn't do that, like, I don't say his plan went sour, but I don't know what the fuck his plan was, man. He just wrestled in front of his hometown, sold out, won the title, had a great match, came back and had a fucking meltdown on Nick Houseman. Were you sweating? Were you, like, what was the thoughts going through your mind as all this is going down? Like, I don't think anyone has asked you that. Like, what were you thinking? Why? Were you just, like, nervous, excited, fucking? Were you, like, this is exactly what I wanted, like, selfishly? What what, what the fuck?
1: It is exactly what I wanted. It is what I wanted, yeah. but I didn't want it to happen in public. You know, Ooh. I had wanted to talk to Punk about Cabana well before that. Uh, press conference because when we were covering the trial the last day that we were uh, right after that infamous video i cut from the trial right after i interviewed him you know know, i go dude i would love to keep in touch would be great to reconnect can i get your email address and he was like oh cabana's got it and as soon as he said that i was like oh you're never gonna hear from uh again because cabana fucking hates you Despite whatever the fuck he's projecting right now, which I knew was all bullshit, and it was bullshit, and it is bullshit, and so um, I knew. And so when when he came out and he said that, I was like, in my head, I was like, dude, I wish you'd have just fucking taken that email from me. (laughs) We could have had a call. I could have told you what a tool I thought Cabana was, and just been friends, right? But instead, it was left because. Again, like you said, the introduction had been made from Cabana to meet a book yep. that he thought I was punk. He didn't know, dude. I haven't been, I haven't been cordial with. I mean, I, don't, I, I, I actually take that. I try, I have tried to be cordial with Scott uh, a couple of times in the past couple of years, but then I get these texts from people, and I won't name names because some of them are. In, uh, people visit, they're like dude scott says that you have a bad reputation man you're a bad guy people don't oh. like you you have a bad re- and that's the thing it's like bad reputation you have a bad reputation he fucking said that shit to me he's like dude you got a bad reputation now he says it to all these other people right and i have no doubt so he's saying that to other people about punk as well like that's how he does it. he just goes around you got a better re- nobody likes him right or whatever punk didn't know any of that right and wow. i wish i wish i'd have been able to Uh, prevent that because the next morning after all the AEW All Out Scrum happened, he texted me. I have no idea how he got my number. He had to ask somebody. A, I'm sure does Nick really not get along with Cabana? Probably Frank. Probably. uh, Maybe. Uh, Frank says he had nothing to do with it. Uh, Truthfully. I asked because I can I? I'm going off on a tangent here. But I texted Frank the night of All Out and I said, can you let Punk know that I uh, never had heat with him? And if he wants to hit me up, he can punk texted sure. me. I texted Frank. I said, thank you for sending punk that message. He said, I don't have anything to fucking do with this. So it was not Frank. Okay. That se- it was, it was somebody else. It was somebody oh. else or, or punk of his own volition reached out to somebody to find, fu- I'm going to guess DeRosa, honestly, um, sure, sure. that, that, that verified all that. All So that, that's where that is all on that.
0: Do you think if you weren't there, he still would have did what he did?
1: Oh, 100%. uh, uh,
0: What do you think his motives were? What? What do you think his motives were? Why? Why that moment? Why then?
1: You sign a contract, Rob. Sure. You are locked into a situation where you have to act a certain way, right? Okay. What happens when the parameters around your situation change? Where are no where they are no longer the parameters that you thought you were getting into, and you feel closed in, and you Good. feel like this is not the situation I thought I was going to find myself in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you do it that publicly the way he did, right?
1: You're Robert Ego Anthony. I have watched you nuke.
0: I grew the up. Rooms. I grew up. Come on now. I grew. Don't I grew act, up don't
1: talk all high and spuranical <laughs> with me, Robert Ego Anthony.
0: Listen, listen, listen. You agree listen.
1: with me. You know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: He he is in a different, he's on a different level than a lot of people. Okay. When you're expected to perform, like you said, at a high level, you sign a contract, you and maybe the things aren't the grass isn't greener. And you don't agree with what's happening. I don't think you go off and do what you did. Because that just causes more chaos. Right? You you got to talk to, like you said, you have to have those uncomfortable conversations. You have to confront people. You have to explain what the fuck's going on. Because nothing's going to change. You know what I mean? Uh, you pour more gas on the fire, fuck, it's going to get bigger. You know what I mean, and I and I learned that as I started getting older. So I talked to a lot of people when this happened in the know. Why the fuck did he do it? And a lot of people have the same reaction: is he's allergic to his own success. And I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. What is your thought though? So because if so it fixed nothing.
1: Very, I think it's very easy to say. Oh, here's how you act in this situation.
0: It is that it, you're true. Yep.
1: What, what, we don't know all the parameters here, Rob. What were the other yeah. parties communicating with him? I mean, had communication burned down to a point where he said, if I don't start a fire, will you notice that there's a problem here at Woodstock 99?
0: <laughs> I mean, fuck, I don't know. Exactly. So you support it. You support it. You support, you support the outburst and the Aaron of dirty laundry. I understand. You understand it.
1: Okay. I mean, but again, this is from my perspective of dealing with sure. Cabana because it wasn't just me versus Cabana. I went through Cabana soiling people around me that I knew and trusted and sometimes for a long period of time and have them turn against me. And I watched the power of Cabana doing that firsthand. And I do not, look at this through the same lens as a lot of sure because of that
0: you know what and i just realized that we're just talking about cabana right now i was talking about the outburst as a as a whole do you agree with his outbursts on uh the children that he works with with hangman page with all that kind of stuff because the cabana stuff y- you're affected by that personally right but him airing out all the stuff about page and 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 the people that he works with do you think that was a behind the scenes conversation that he shouldn't have done?
1: I, I don't know if, if those people have a lot of respect for Cabana and Cabana is going to them and saying, this guy's got a bad reputation. He's not somebody you want around here sure. and they're spoiling and he's spoiling the pool of influential people around you, which is, again, something that I've seen firsthand. That's a yeah. tough thing to deal with, you know, especially if communication breaks down and you feel like you're on the whipping into something, you know? Yeah. yeah,
0: it was it was wild, man. It, it was was that your busiest time as a reporter
1: Oh man I mean the post cabana cuz I I uh I selfishly at the time decided to post the post uh post cabana punk trial videos on my own personal Twitter account. <laughs> I stole <laughs> I, I, That was pretty fucking busy that was pretty fucking oh, busy Oh man um uh, but no I mean undoubtedly... I mean dude it's I, I here's here's how Here's how uh, synonymous I've become with that press scrum. Are you ready for a crazy story? Is I go a- to the grocery store. I go to the grocery store about a week and a half. This is a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago tops. I go to the grocery store with my wife, Liz. We're checking out. The guy at checkout goes, "Hey, aren't you responsible for killing AEW?" And I was like, "Oh no." I was like, "The fuck are you talking about?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah." You you poked you woke poke you poke punk, and uh, and to go into that AEW press conference, like, well, first of all, AEW is doing quite well. I don't feel like killed AEW, sure. Um, but B, thank you for knowing <laughs> who I am and uh, saying something. You know, um, take that for what you will,
0: dude. It was wild, man. Because that shit. Uh, 2 a.m. people are still posting updates, and and 3 a.m. the people are posting updates, and and that thing lived. That was one of the hottest stories, uh, in a while.
1: Historical, people... Rob. Historical. Let's be real. Historical till the is. end of time. People will be. I mean, till the end of recorded time, people will be talking about how I used to do improv with Scott Colton right yep. and punk for whatever fucking reason knew about it
0: <laughs> dude it's insane and now and and now you're doing your own thing now man and 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 I really hope that this takes off I hope it works out for you I uh I think that you have something special and and that something special is that you're fucking fearless you know what I mean? You're fearless. And, and you have a good relationship with a lot of people. So you only have upsides. You only have upsides. And, and for me to see you come into the wrestling business as someone that wanted to do an Andy Kaufman uh, tribute and, and be a part of it in front of the camera, I believe that you made the right decision that your calling is behind the camera.
1: I thank you. And I feel like this is a wrap-up up part of the conversation, but I need people to understand a couple things real fast, Rob. First of all, after uh, Cabana stopped doing improv with me, because, uh, you know, whatever, he's he's his own little uh, little bit of business. He's a little princess. Because mm-hmm. Cabana stopped doing improv with me, you know who kept doing improv with me uh, after uh, Cabana stopped doing improv with me? Robert Ego Anthony. We took a show called Kayfabe. That I started with Cabana and a bunch of improvisers at Comedy Sports Chicago, and they kicked me out, and Scott kicked me out, but you know who (laughs) didn't kick me out? Robert fucking Ego Anthony.
0: And And I was terrible at it. I was terrible at it.
1: You were were awesome, Rob, (laughs) and Rob showed up, and he told stories from the road, and improvisers did scenes based off of Rob, and Rob was there for me. And Rob, I really really appreciate that. And I will never ever forget that. And if there was anybody I was going to be completely truthful for and answer whatever they wanted, it was you sure. because you have always always given me upfront, straightforward, truthful advice and you've been there for me. And and I and I and I love you and I respect you, Rob.
0: So here's what I want to tell you from that. I've learned from personal experience that Just because someone has an issue with another person, uh, you don't have to have that same issue if it doesn't affect you or you don't share those same opinions. Sadly, in our profession, people get heat, quote unquote, heat by association. And if one person doesn't like you, now you're expected to be hated by the masses. You have never did anything wrong to me. And uh, at times, we would have disagreements. Like you said, we butt heads. You butt heads over people having strong opinions. But you've never maliciously uh, attacked me or done anything wrong to me as a human being, as a person. So when you have those people in your life, you you have to keep those friendships because – Otherwise, what are we doing in professional wrestling, right? We're, we're, we're telling these stupid stories in our underwear, hoping that we make friendships that last forever. And you never know um, when you're going to need someone in your real life to be there for you, right? So I'm happy that you have that opinion of me, and, and, I, and I value that as someone that has been doing this for 22 years, that when I finally hang it up and I, and I finally uh, call it quits – that my legacy will be one of helping others, and I say that a lot, and and I hope that people uh, respect the contributions that I have made to helping others see their potential, helping train them as professional wrestlers, or even telling their stories and uh, giving them a little bit of motivation. So you telling that to me, man to man, like even if we are not recording, thank you very much, because it means a lot, uh, more than you know. Um, and, and sometimes I have a hard time taking compliments, but when i hear those things it just makes me think uh, uh, thank god i wasn't an asshole then <laughs> cuz i don't want to be an asshole
1: dude but rob that's the thing is like people in pro wrestling used to be used to working with strong personalities you know it used yeah. to be part of the fun of it was you would show up yeah. and you'd have a strong you'd have a strong personality in the room and they'd fight you and then you'd fucking apologize the next day and you'd get back to work and you'd realize What in that fucking argument is worth making money on? And I think part of that art has been lost in the business today. I don't think it's bad to be a strong personality. And to that end, uh, I know that you're trying to like, it it seems as if close up this conversation. Can we talk about Frank the Clown? Because I know what I
0: I wasn't closing up. I wasn't the. Hold on. I wasn't closing up the conversation. I wasn't close. I wasn't closing up the conversation. I was basically putting a bow on the uh, the backstage part of your career because there is a few other questions I did have for you. All right. We're back. I uh, full disclosure. I don't know if it's raining by you, but it's extremely storming over here. Is it storming by you?
1: No, uh, it's a little cloudy.
0: It's bad. It's real bad. Hence why my Wi-Fi is all that kind of stuff is insane. I heard a lightning strike that I thought hit my house while we we're recording. It's probably on camera somewhere, but it's way worse. Uh, as I was saying, I wasn't wrapping you up to say this is the end of the conversation. Cause there is some things I do want to talk about, but I was just at, at wrapping up your, your backstage part of your whole entire career. Sure. Uh, you are 150,000% uh, responsible for sir frank the clown
1: oh i tell him every time i talk to him right i can't say it oh, enough oh my god i am i fought so fucking hard to have frank on that pre-show matt Nix, the owner of freelance wrestling did not want frank the clown on that pre-show right yeah and and i said Nix, you gotta give it's red meat for your base Let's he had just finished up doing the holy foley yep. WWE network show. He was on it, right? And everyone was like, the fuck is this guy? Like, beyond just being a front row Joe, he's now on a WWE network show, right? They hated this guy. And he's and and of course he's banging Noel Foley, which <laughs> you know, uh pissed off a lot of people. And so I was like, How do you not put the if this guy was to go out there and just let people like seethe? And B A, why the fuck would you stop them for doing Nick? I don't want to do it with them. So I brought Frank out for this. Uh, because I used to host the freelance wrestling pre-show parties. Yep. I bring Frank out. Frank out. We had no plan. No plan whatsoever. Do you want to tell the story, Rob? I feel like you would do it maybe better here.
0: So you introduced me to Frank, and for some reason, I automatically liked him. And uh, it, it's a story that I tell that Frank the Clown is a piece of shit, but Frank Massari is a great fucking dude. And and Frank and I would have so many conversations where I said, where I say to him, stop being Frank the Clown. Because right now we're not having a good conversation. You need to be Frank Massari. But when you introduced me to him uh, and you guys, like you said, didn't have a plan. You, you had an outline of what you guys wanted to do. I gave him a couple pointers and little whatevers, and then I stood by the curtain and watched you guys do this thing. And Matt Nix was sitting next to me, and he goes, this is going way too fucking long. And I go, do you want me to cut them off? And he goes, can you please cut them off? Because as you said, you didn't have a plan, so you didn't have a go home. So I walked out there, and I was in the main event that night, a uh, cage match with Ethan Page. And I walked out there and I decided to cut a promo on Frank to end this. And he did a great job. He did a great job playing off me on the fly. Uh, He later on told me that I did that to test him to see how good he was. In reality, I told him, no, dude, Nick's told me to cut you the fuck off because you were going too long. We had to kick you out of the ring.
1: And um, Uh, By the way, for what it's worth, I remember you, because we were close to each other in the ring, talking to each other. Spoiler alert! That happens, mm-hmm. and you told me. I believe you told me. Nick told me to cut you, but then I think you told me something like, "Let me fucking do something." I forget exactly what it was, but I, I remember you tell, ta- yeah, uh, uh, yeah. And I told you no. Oh, I told you no. I said no. You can't hit him. Don't give it. away. I think it was either don't give it away or he might sue you. But I told you, I told you don't fucking hit him. I remember telling you not to fucking hit him.
0: I was giving him a working punch, but no. Uh, but
1: I told you not to fucking hit him. I remember that. I remember yeah, this whole. It- in ring conversation now. Yes.
0: Yep. And you talked me out of it. And then I thought to myself, if I do hit him, he's probably going to make it look like shit. He's probably going to freak out. It's not going to be a good thing. So I didn't hit him. But when we got to the back, I had an idea and I said, let's put this little shit in the main event because I saw it. I had a vision. Like I feel I have a good eye for talent and I, and I had a vision for the kid. He, he shit the bed in that one. He, he wasn't there for his spots, but we also gave him too much. He managed Ethan page that night and afterwards, I, well,
1: first off afterwards,
0: what did you think? Did you think he did well?
1: I thought that Frank did everything I wanted and more in that night.
0: Sure. I, I then, I think I let it sit in my brain for a couple of days and I asked Nick's, I go, I have this idea. And I laid out to him, the Robert Anthony, Frank, the clown idea. And Nick's just like he told you told me, no.
1: Oh, but can I can I reason. jump in real fast? Can I jump yeah. in real fast? Yeah. At the same time, I was telling him I wanted to bring Nick's back for the next pre-show. Or not Nick's. I wanted to bring Frank back right. for the next pre show. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you don't even need to make this part of your main show. We'll do part of the uh, this is something we can do in the pre show. People could just show up like for the pre show to get through the door. Yep. We could do something online. And he was like, no, no, no. And truthfully, that is why after – there were a lot of other issues, but I left freelance wrestling over that particular argument with Matt Nix over Frank the Clown and have not back, been back since. And and that was why. So any everything beyond that, it's sure. all Rob.
0: Did he yeah. give you an, a reason why he said no? Because he gave he me a he, reason.
1: He didn't, like, he didn't like Frank, and I think he's
0: jealous, honestly. <laughs> he told me that he was afraid of um, – professional backlash what? for a lot for allowing someone that has never trained or uh paid dues to be in the show no said, way what are you talking about he goes he's not he hasn't paid dues he's just that he's known as a fan that's dating foley's daughter that sits in a front row so if i start booking him I think that people are not going to take freelance wrestling serious. Wow. And and that was the reason why Frank didn't come back, even though I laid this outline. And I I was begging Knicks for for the better part of two years.
1: What does it say? By the way, can I can what does it say that you and I having years worth of experience on Knicks are having to beg that because Truthfully, there would be no freelance wrestling without Nick Hasman because I did they did not have any uh building or structure until the Abbey pub, right? Okay. Which I booked for them. Uh I asked Mac Nicks when he called me showing some yarder fucking footage from a, a warehouse calling it yep. freelance wrestling. And he said, and I said, Where do you think would the best fit this? He said, Abbey pub. I fucking he got on the Abbey Pub. I went there, and I walked up, and I got it for them. And when they got it, I I said, oh, oh, I got them the Abbey Pub, Rob. And when they got there, I said, okay, now that we're here, you need to do something that is bigger than a fucking warehouse show. You know what? You need some people in here that have experience. I have a guy, Rough Crossing, our good buddy, Rick. Yep. and, And if you remember, Rick was in the main event of the first ever freelance wrestling show at the Abbey versus Chris Castro, And the intent was for me and Rick to come in and work with them to show them how to do blitz-styled, with a twist, with a freelance twist, styled shows. And you know what happened in the long run? I got run off. And now they have their successful promotion. But all of that stuff at the beginning, uh, that was Nick Housman uh, 101. Uh,
0: Because I did an interview with James, freelance undergone James, and he said he funded that first show. So you, you got know, the building? What, oh, he
1: may have as an advertiser. He may have as an advertiser.
0: No, he he did it as a loan. He gave Nick's uh, the money for the Abbey for the talent as a loan, and uh, eventually Nick's paid um, uh, James back. So that well, that oh. that was the story that I got. Right.
1: That's fine. Um, I, I don't know who James is, but okay.
0: You, you know freelance underground. Uh,
1: it was after my time, dude. Uh, oh, fucking okay. Jack Edinger came in and ran me off.
0: Damn. So, so it took, (laughs) that's wild. I didn't know that it it took, uh, three years for Knicks to see my vision. And, and, and I got a, um, I got a text when I was a WWE extra, I believe it was after I either after Travis Brown, Ronda Rousey's husband punched me, I got to the back and Knicks was like, that was wild. I'm like, yeah, it was fucking crazy. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, Hey, that idea you have with Frank, let's do it. And I don't know what changed his mind, but that, that significantly changed the course of my career was this, this part of my career uh, was, was managing or getting managed by Frank because it gave me a new life. It gave me a new creative freedom. It gave me something that, um, that got me out of the scramble matches and, and let me really tell a different story that I wanted to tell. And that's all because of you bringing Frank around. So when everyone sees Frank at warrior wrestling, or now I saw he debuted at black label pro last night, uh, you have to thank Nick Hausman because without that, Frank would still be sitting in the fucking front row. Well,
1: <laughs> and I don't to, know. If I, Frank. I,
0: tells I want to that. say
1: two, I want to uh, three things. First of all, sure. thank you. I'm happy that I could in some way repay the kindness you showed me Two. uh, Frank the clown is a treasure um, that everybody should enjoy. And the fact that I've been able to, cause you know, you saw Ronaldo pivot is not dramatically different than Frank, the clown, right? No, no, not that dramatically different. No. Um, and so I do live vicariously through Frank. Um, and, and I had a great, I, I managed you a time or two and we had a great time. But lastly, yep. I want to, I want to break some news here. Uh, You know, like I think people I think I think people may listen to this right now and uh, think that I don't like Matt Nicks or freelance wrestling. And uh, we've talked a lot about butting heads and mending ways. And yes. I am uh, set to have uh, a conversation with Matt here in the next week or so after Mania. Actually, it's going to be the Wednesday after WrestleMania, a bar of his choosing, which I know and I'm very excited about. And uh, Nick's and I are going to Nick's and I are going to break bread and uh, I want to, I mean, there was a lot of things that led to me not being with freelance. A lot of things I disagreed with. Sure. Um, But I feel adamantly still that there was a lot of good work I did there and I want to be good with freelance and Nick's and I hope that it's a part of the next chapter and what I'm doing.
0: Listen, dinners can solve all because I had a dinner with Danny Daniels and Mike Pekovich, And that led to my return to AAW. When, when you sit down with someone face to face and have a meal, good things can happen. So I, it kind of makes me feel good that you're going to go and, and break this, uh, this look little, whatever squirrel that you and, and Nick's have together, because like you said, like, fuck dude, you have good ideas. You're real fucking good. We both do.
1: We both do. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's wild. So, uh, we did a lot of talking about something, and and I wanted to get and I and you were you were on a tangent, and you were (gasps) making points that we needed to talk about. But I'd be reminiscent of saying, "What the fuck happened between you and Gabana?"
1: So, how did you guys um, fall off? To be direct, um, I had a roommate. Uh, that I was living with at the time, who yeah. was a more tenured, uh, high-profile member of the Chicago improv community that I had moved in with, and a lot of people had told me that he was erratic. Um, okay. wh- one day after losing his job, uh, he came home and started trashing the place, and I told him I was going to call the cops because he was fucking all my shit up, and I did, and I don't know where he bum rushed me from behind and started beating me in the shit in in the fucking face. He got up on my fucking shoulders. And uh, there was a police report and all this stuff. And uh, the the theater I was working at the time told me they were going to distance themselves from him. But because of his clout, they wound up bringing him slowly back into the fold. It was very upsetting to me. Um, Cabana Cabana started working with this person again. And I told him that I was uh, really uh, unhappy with that decision. And I'll never forget the text from him that said, you're worse than punk. And that wow. was when they, that's where, that's when they were friends. And that's a, that's a, that's a statement that I've actually, that's a story I've actually told to punk and, 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 and the, in the, the time <laughs> since all out. But yeah, even when they were friends, Cabana told me that I, and this is when, even when Cabana and punk were friends, Cabana was talking shit yeah. to me about punk. And it really does feel kind of seem like this guy had a resentment towards, but he was keeping him around for whatever his clout may be. And so I do actually believe that side of the story because of that sure. very personal. Con- he said he told me that I was worse than punk and it made me feel really bad. And it, all made, it also made me think really badly of punk. And, um, you know, he, he, he cut me off and he started talking shit to people about me um, because uh, I. Oh, Rob, you frozen your gun over here. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. It, it just made me. It made me feel really bad. You know. And. uh And then yeah, I wasn't shocked when there was a falling out because in my mind I was like, yeah, Cabana always thought shit of Punk. You know. Like, uh, yeah. it was not a shock to me. Dude, do you think a dinner could fix that between you two? Who? Me and Cabana? Yeah. I would. I would welcome a dinner between me and Cabana. I. I have always right. been. A, you know me, Rob. Like. I, I there are very few people that I would not welcome at this point in my life as I'm moving forward to have a conversation and and move forward. I mean, it's not like Cabana himself ever physically hurt me, assaulted sure. me. Uh we've had disagreements and I'm I, and and for anyone that is in that situation with me, I'm always open to that conversation. Um I just I don't think that from my experience he that's not how he operates that's not what he wants you know
0: yeah life's too life's too short to hold these kind of weird grudges it's, it's so uh, weird
1: to me how he works man it is so yeah. weird to me how he works
0: i i was super close with him pretty much the first half of my career i owe a lot to him and we ended up just parting ways and just uh, going on two separate paths because uh, I was growing up and kind of focusing on a couple of different things. And he was still on his path and we never kind of came back together. You know what I mean? And it, 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 it's like I don't have those hard feelings towards him uh, because I don't think we were as close or we needed anything from each other. You know what I mean? He tried to get me an ROH, and 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 that didn't happen. But I ended up getting signed before that. But um, it's, it's wrestling's weird, man. Can
1: wrestling's I ask you? Can I ask business. you? Can I can? So yeah. when I think about you and Cabana, it's a different time, right? You know, you yep. and Cabana were part of an era just before this era. Do you think that there was a kind of territorialness between you two, knowing that you were kind of fighting for uh, a spot? Um, That that kept a a divide between you two or no?
0: No, uh, we were completely different. Um, He, how do I explain this? If myself and Ricochet are trying out for WWE, which did happen in 2013, we both had a trial together. We are trying out for two separate jobs, but with the same company. Make sense? Because I can't do the things that Ricochet can do. And the things that Ricochet is doing, it's that's not my lane in that company. When Cabana and I were friends, same thing. Uh, I was no threat to him and he was no threat to me because we were both applying for two separate jobs. But we were friends, right? Uh, he, he was the king of the comedy and uh, that kind of space. And I was still trying to find out who I was, right? I was Egotisco Fantastico, but that wasn't my final form of what I was going to turn out to be. But I was still trying to figure out who I was. So I felt that it was safe for him to bring me under his wing because I wasn't a threat and I was still trying to figure out. And once I did figure out who I was, it's still a different character and a different uh, beast than whatever Colt Cabana was at that time. And it still is. You know what I mean? How, how old are you? Forty.
1: How old is Cabana?
0: He's a little bit older than I am.
1: Like forty-two, maybe.
0: Maybe, maybe three, four years older than I am.
1: Okay, dude. When you say under my wing, come on. Let's let's look at the like shades of difference here. It's not like, yeah, you know. And and that's the thing about Cabana, right? Like you were only a little bit younger than him, and you felt under his wing. No, right?
0: uh, that's because he started wrestling before me. Right, okay, and he was sure. more successful than I was. Right, uh, when we first met, and, and and the way
1: our business is.
0: Uh, right, cre- talk created. talk to, talk yeah. to
1: me about how Cabana is somebody that people look up to and want to feel acceptance from. There's tons of people. He's oh, one of those yeah, guys. but talk 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 to me about that.
0: No, there. It's he's Why
1: do people want to emulate and uh, uh, idolize Cabana?
0: we want approval from our peers and the people mm-hmm. that we respect and right. the people that are successful. That's right. the way wrestling is. Yeah. It's right? that's
1: the way life is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Even though we're close in age, when we first met, he was doing wrestling longer than I was and, and it was more uh, successful than I was. Right. So when I say he was, I was under his wing, I was learning things at uh, that. I wasn't learning somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, um there there's a few wrestlers that are that are close to my age that haven't had the little bit of success that I've had and they're under my wing and I'm teaching them. You know what I mean? And and that's where my career goes. So I don't I don't think it's a um I think in the real world that comments sounds different, but in our wrestling world I think it's a common practice, right? Yeah.
1: I get you that. Know? Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: It, it is what it is. But, uh, but it, it, we are a little over an hour and 20 minutes in, but this is where we are going to get ready to wrap it up. Uh, husband, pitch your house, uh, your, your whole new company, your everything, tell everyone where they can find you, what they can do, what all that good stuff.
1: Uh, well, first of all, I want to, uh, again, take a moment to just, I mean, Rob, I mean, I know you said it, it, it touches you to say such nice things about you, but, there, there would really be no Nick Housman without Robert Ego Anthony. I mean, I it, regardless of the times uh, in the improv community where we had a chance to coexist and, you know, he helped me out uh, and made me look really cool in that community. Uh, my One of my favorite Ro- – can I share a favorite Robert Ego Anthony moment before I Please wrap do. up? Okay. So we were doing – it was uh, not the St. Joe Park – Inside, it was the outside show where we would do the, you know, okay. And um, I was managing you for whatever fucking reason. I don't remember. And so I was managing Rob and I came out and I was saying stuff and it was like not a huge crowd. We were outside and then he grabs me and he pulls me behind the curtain and we have this conversation behind the curtain that only the audience, I mean, the audience could hear it. I remember this they could hear us talking behind the curtain um and on then on the microphone on the microphone yes. yeah well on the speakers i mean we were yes. talking to the microphone but they could hear us on the speakers in the arena they couldn't see us we were like we had come out and rob was like no 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 fuck this entrance he grabbed me he pulled me back behind the the curtain and then we had this argument where you told me something about how you didn't like the entrance and i was I'm very sorry. I tried my best and, you know, whatever. And, you know, we had this whole conversation and then I think you told them to stop the music and then restart the music. And then we did the entrance again. And it was one of those moments uh, from somebody who would just, you know, you got to have that confidence of you've seen and done it all, where it's just like, I'm going to have this fucking moment where I'm just, fuck this. I'm going to try something. Let's just do this shit. Yes. And that energy, that attitude has stayed with me, Rob, where it's just like, you know what? Let's just do something different. Who gives a shit? Let's just yep. fucking try something. Let's just fucking try something, man. You know? I love that. And and you have always occurred to me to just fucking try something. And 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 here I am fucking trying something. And I I really just love the fact that we've we've had the chance to talk here today. And it oh, did yeah, go yeah. more than an hour I knew it would.
0: So yes, yes. Uh I love it. So so plug your stuff. Where are they gonna
1: find us at? house of wrestling.com H a U S of wrestling.com, uh, at wrestling house on Twitter at wrestling house on Instagram, and then house of wrestling on Facebook and house of wrestling on twitch.tv. I
0: love it. Uh, this will not be uh, the last time we talk. I do want to sit with you in person because I feel that's a different conversation and, um, and we'll talk, uh, all things, life, all things, wrestling, all things, how this business is going, uh, there's
1: uh, so much we left on the table, Rob. There is, so there is, but we can't much. go,
0: you know what I learned? The, once these things go longer than like an hour and 15 hour, 20 people start zoning out, but we no, will do I a know. part two. We will do a part two. And then, I uh, thank you for sitting down, buddy.
1: Oh, Rob, it's you, man. I, I would, I will always take the time. And I, I there were things I was like, fuck, I want, I, I was like, no, 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 bite your tongue. You don't need to go to, just just go wherever Rob wants you to go and, and just try your best. <laughs> I I tried my best, but there was a lot of other directions I wanted to go at different points and 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 I definitely want to talk again in the future.
0: All right, man. I'll talk to you. All
1: right. Thank you, Rob.